This is That's Another Story Told, the podcast. The author, the narrator, the short story. Together they dance in your ears. Hello and welcome to episode six of That's Another Story Told. I'm Ian Pringle. Today we have a story called Little Snowcap, written by Tilly Lunken and read by Fran Burgoyne. After the story, we have an interview with Tilly and Fran, um, which is very entertaining. Uh, They talk about the story and their motivations in terms of narrator and author, but they also talk about other things, including drunken playwriting. But first, here's the story. Little Snowcap by Tilly Lunkin The village of Goss is at the foot of a mountain. The mountain is enormous. It is awesome. It protects the village and is beautiful. Hidden in blizzard or sparkling in sunshine, it is always there. The villagers worship it, but are also a little afraid. Greta and Grandfather live in the village. It is a tradition that all boys from Goss must climb the mountain Greta also wants to do this. It is not done. But unlike other girls, Greta doesn't learn manners and needlework. Instead, Grandfather teaches Greta how to survive. Her mother died on the mountain. And he cannot forget. Grandfather does not want her to go. But he knows Greta will try and climb anyway. So he teaches, and she learns. Every season she tries on her mother's white cloak. When it fits, he promises he will help her climb, let her go on her quest. He knows the traditions of Goss need a quake, and he can see that in Greta's eyes. When you can stand tall and it does not brush the floor, you will be ready. Greta is small. The cloak trails the floor and the hood falls into her eyes. The other girls in Goss cook and clean and care. Greta learns this too, but also to read and tell stories. Grandfather teaches her how to survive, but also how to live beyond the village, beyond the mountain. She writes his advice. She builds her endurance. She learns. And learns. When you can stand tall and it does not brush the floor, you will be ready. The boys one by one climb the mountain. Greta watches each of them return. She is stronger and taller. She knows she can climb too. This is the year. This is the time. It is also the time that Grandfather grows weak. She cares for him. She reads for him. Greta bends her knees and pretends her cloak is still too big. Grandfather sees. He knows she must go now or she will never get the chance. Without an elder permitting her quest, she will never get the chance to go up the mountain as an official rite of passage. When he is no longer there, 
No one will let her. Grandfather complains of his endless thirst. He asks Greta to bring him water melted from the snow on the mountain. When he was a boy, it was the best tasting drink. You can stand tall and it does not brush the floor. You are ready. He looks at her and gives her the cloak and the flask. He smiles at her as she wrestles with wanting to stay with him and her chance to prove her worth. He hands her a staff. You will need this, too. She finally returns his smile and takes the cloak. This is the moment she has dreamed of. To reclaim the fear of the mountain and return their family fully to the heart of the village. I will bring your drink, grandfather. It is the last days before the season will turn. Greta knows how to work with the mountain. Grandfather knows she will be safe. He watches her white cloak climbing and sits in his chair by the window. Goss watches. It is the first time a girl has been given this chance. It is the first time one has accepted the challenge. And it is witnessed by everyone. The white cap of her hood popping out along the path. Her boots firm on the road. Her staff held strong. A pack on her back. And her grandfather's flask strapped across her front. She is watched until no hood can be seen. Greta climbs well. She is warm in the cloak and certain in her mission. She will reach the snow cap at the top of the mountain and bring her grandfather back snow melt. Nothing would fill her heart more than to share it with him. It takes her three days and two nights. The summit is the making of the men of Goss. And when she reaches it, she can see why. It is beautiful. The world is big. It could feel overwhelming, but Greta already knows what it is like to be small, so she works quickly. Greta scoops snow into her flask and heads back down to the village. The descent takes her two days and one night. Never before has someone returned so fast. As she is spotted on the lower slopes coming down, there is already talk of change in Goss. A song has been written. A celebration is beginning. Though locked in tradition, the village knows history has arrived. Greta is paraded through the street as Little Snowcap, a new champion of the mountain. Her snow is inspected. She is questioned and proven worthy. But she won't let them take her snowmelt. One taste for proof of her summit is all she grants them. It wasn't for them she scaled the mountain. She can't see her grandfather there. And it was all for him. Greta breaks away from the celebration to go to him. Their house is very quiet as she bursts through the door with the flask. Grandfather is still in his chair. He has died. Greta looks out of the window 
at the same view she has seen every day she can remember with her grandfather. But it has changed. There is her mountain. It looks back. Outside the snow falls. Winter is early. Okay, so there you go. That's the end of the story. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, Next, over to the interview. Um, So I started by asking Fran and Tilly about the motivations behind the characters in the story. And the first person you hear speaking in this interview is Fran. Well, what I was going to say, so I've worked with Tilly quite a lot. um, And Tilly writes fabulous characters always. Um, But there are always... There are always women who 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 just do better, <laughs> and and she's a, she's a classic Tilly character from that point, um, because she she does she defies all expectations, um, and there are no limits on what she can do. What I really liked about the story is that it wasn't a struggle for her; she could do it. She was as big as the boys. She was as tall. No problem. She just needed to be allowed to do it, to be given permission. Yeah. And actually, the thing that I thought that that was 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 most lovely about it, um, in that sort of um, that that kind of rite of passage way, uh, was the fact that she wasn't doing it for anybody other than the people that she loved, um, and that actually um, it, it wasn't about about the society she was she was fighting against that was actually incidental it was for her granddad what were your thoughts Tilly as Fran said I do tend to enjoy writing characters that uh women that kind of um overcome something or are able to do something and in this case yeah she's very capable um and is able to do it and yeah so it's yeah and it's yeah, actually, it was quite a conscious thing that it wasn't about the fact that she was able to do this and all of the kind of the shift in society or whatever is quite not incidental. It's like, but is an emotionally driven story, really, um, about why we why we do these things. Um, and I think also there's like definitely something um I think the push that the grandfather gives her to go on to on the quest and to fulfill this thing is like because um, often I don't know as as grandchildren or as um, younger people our elders often uh, are the people that give us that kind of thing and it's like they know what um, what we need at that particular moment and although she does make the choice to go it's very much like pushed by him. And I mean, I've been in personally in situations where people have made decisions like that for me. Um, and it's just an interesting kind of thing that I quite like that's in there as well. I think that's really interesting, the wisdom of the elders and that he was running out of time. You know, I guess in some ways that's what happens as you get older. You, you begin to go, oh, if they don't do this now, Maybe I'll never see it, which is quite a selfish thing, I suppose. But, um, you know, she's got far enough. This is the time. Yeah, I, I really liked that, that, you know, now now that that he, he was able to accept that she was ready, whereas maybe a parent would be more worried 
Um, I certainly feel that as a parent sometimes, you know, you kind of stop your kids doing things because you're, you're just, you're too close to it. Whereas I think grandparents can give them a little bit more freedom in that way. I think it's also because he, he knew that she would be all right. Um, it's, it's that thing, isn't it, about passing on your knowledge. And it's like, well, I've done this. I can do it. You're every bit as strong and capable as I am. And I'm just going to tell you that that's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to worry you with it. I'm, I've given you all of the facts. I've given you all of the um, the information that you need. Because you know, I love that bit about the learning as well. And the fact that she wrote it down, and that was really important, um, that she's, she's, she's collected all of the knowledge. So you can imagine that story, you know, that she then passes it on to somebody else who wants to take that journey. And, you know, she passes on her grandfather's teachings and now they're written down. So it's even more valuable than what it was originally, because at first it's an oral tradition and now she's made it a written one as well. Um, so I, I think that there's also something really brilliant about that not 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 keeping it to yourself um and i think both of them do that yeah um, and i think i mean the ghost in the story is kind of the mother who's died on the mountain and i in it's not really like a hugely present part in it but i think that part of the extended kind of world is that the mother did not have these skills and so she was not able to survive and this is because women aren't taught these skills you know in this society and she ended up getting stuck and you know, like that kind of thing, I think, also goes through it. So, um, yeah. yeah, so it's doubly important that, like, it opens out. The, the metaphor overall of climbing a mountain as well is that's that's just it, isn't it? We These these things, um, unless we're with someone that shows us that it's possible for you, just like it's possible for someone else, um, it's, it's hard for them to do it. And I think that's fascinating, that idea of writing it down. I hadn't picked up on that at all, um, but the... the if you move from something that's an individual experience to something that actually could be more widely accepted because there is now a, a route it is made possible for more people yeah and i yeah i think that that's i think it's a really lovely idea that you you kind of you're sharing the knowledge and you're sharing the learning and i yeah i really liked that about it thank you um Tell us just before we sort of finish up on this, but I just want to get a little bit more about you two, really. Tilly, did I pick up that um, a lot of your work has been in sort of playwriting, theatre writing, that kind yeah, of stuff? So yeah, so that, that's my background. And actually, this started out as an idea for a puppet show, which so it kind of developed quite visually, which is kind of the style it's sort of told in, in some ways. I guess yeah. it's quite like image based. Um, I actually find writing prose <laughs> a challenge uh, because it's like <laughs> you have to say all the subtext and I'm like, what? <laughs> um, but if there's a strong narrative voice or or slightly um, heightened voice, I guess this is quite storytelling. It's, it's written to be spoken aloud. Um, then, it's yeah, it's fine. I really enjoy it. But um yeah, yeah, I can't be doing like the oh he said she said kind of. No, and actually you stuff. use you you use language quite sparingly, and I wonder if that is something to do with um, uh, that that working visually more, and and maybe just a, a sometimes a writer might write a lot more, but I noticed that the sentences you use are, um, are often quite clipped, quite short, and they really yeah. just give the information that you need, which I I thoroughly enjoyed that because you it allows you as a listener to 
go into the world a little bit more and imagine it for yourself and ask the questions that make you know not given all the answers which was nice yeah i tend to write quite short sentences i guess for <laughs> i <laughs> love it it makes well. it much easier to learn <laughs> yeah, yes it really is um so um, fran you've worked yeah. with tilly before um yeah quite uh, quite a lot Okay, and tell us a little bit about that. And also tell us a bit, because um, Fran, uh, people may not know this, Fran is now an award-winning audiobook narrator. Um, yeah! Yeah! <laughs> so exciting. <laughs> so tell us a bit about those two things. Maybe start with the award-winning bit so um, people know what that well, is. Well, I, I couldn't possibly. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I am fairly new to um, audiobook narration. Um, I started doing it last year. And I suddenly discovered that it's it's the best thing in the world. Um, uh, and it's so I'm a, I'm a stage actor primarily, but um, I'm really greedy and I really like doing all the parts. And in audiobooks, you can do all of the parts. You can be everybody. I can be like this hulking kind of like, you know, bouncer from, you know, wherever. Um, Birmingham. I mean, I can't do a Brummie accent, but, you know, I could. I could learn. Yeah, of course. And, and nobody would mind because it's it's you're, you're painting a picture um, for somebody else to imagine. And, and I, I love that. Um, uh, and I, I, I used to read a lot um, as a child. And, and, you know, as you get busy as an adult, you stop as much. But I, I've, I've always loved books. And so being able to then bring that um, to life has been just, yeah, it's been a revelation. I've loved it. Great. Um, and I guess with the, and, um, uh, the, the current circumstances and not being able to get together, because I know um, your training was in a, a slightly more physical aspect of, of theatre performance, I suppose, from because you went for you, you trained at um, East 15, didn't you? So it's kind of classic, slightly more physical performance theatre based stuff. Um, so right now, it's a hard thing to, to do, isn't it? Um, yeah, well. I have I have done one theatre job via Zoom. Um, okay. So you know that's been it. <laughs> and you and you did my my drunk play. Oh oh no, of course I did your drunk play. But I, I suppose I think of that as I don't really think of that as being a job. That was just hilarious. <laughs> Is um, that so a play where you were drunk when you did it? I was or? drunk. We yeah, were both it was... drunk. I had to get drunk to write it, and then she had to get drunk to perform it yeah it, it was it was absolutely brilliant somebody started doing this thing on twitter called drunk plays um and it was right at the start of lockdown and it was just really fun to do um and because yeah. tilly and i know each other quite well um uh she, she she just wrote a character for me that was absolutely spot on um although remembering it when you're drunk is really hard oh yeah i bet yeah, at least you um, could sort of sneaky look at the lines maybe when you're on Zoom yeah, somewhere, yeah, sort of tucked like, behind the monitor. I, I did sort of have them, yeah, taped up um, on my desk. But um, where I, people I need to will need I... to know where, if possible, that they could find this drunk play. Uh, and it is on Twitter. Um, yeah, yes. I think that, and we are going to actually release it as a as like a full thing on Vimeo soon. But it's just not quite, quite there. Right. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorting the title. We're sorting the titles thing out. Yeah. Cool. Anyway, very important things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very important things. It has to look yeah. pretty, okay. obviously. Of course, it's a, it's a visual thing. Fran's yeah. not telling people, so I'm going to say. It. So Fran won the um, Mandy um, voiceover um, uh, prize for audio book, and I'm probably not getting the 
um, the, the words right, but it was all, it was audiobook narration, wasn't it? And you had to do like a, a what a five minute segment of audiobook narration, and you won that, um, which is great because I think loads and loads of people enter it. There's a huge number of people yeah, doing it. So yeah, yeah, I mean it was yeah it was it was hugely lovely to win that. Um, yeah. I think what was quite nice about it was um, because everybody had to uh, narrate the same segment. It was really interesting to listen to everybody else's takes on things. Um, and how everybody did things differently or the same or, yeah. you know, what was um, kind of successful about everybody's narration. Um, and there were some really lovely entries, um, some really lovely things. So, yeah, it was a lovely thing to be part of. And and just I was really, really chuffed to win it because, um, cool. yeah, well, it's something I really enjoy. Congratulations. So well deserved, yes. <laughs> Tilly. I was like, friends' faces everywhere. It's Brilliant. so exciting. All these people sharing. And Tilly, just I guess it, it's part of this show is about getting people to think about authors, thinking about and and listeners. You know what kind of goes into making audio books and recording things, and the differences. I suppose as somebody that works in theatre, you're used to hearing your work come out of actors' voices, um, out of actors' mouths. Sorry. But I guess a story is slightly different. How, how, what was your experience of that kind of writing something and then having that and then hearing that back? Bearing in mind, um, that you know, Fran already, but yeah, no, it was pretty special actually. And I think there's something about listening to it in headphones as well that feels quite intimate because, like, it's right as opposed to kind of watching it on a screen or watching it on a stage, it's very kind of with you. Um, and like, yeah, I cried, which is a bit, <laughs> which is a bit embarrassing to admit, considering like I wrote it. But I think that she really kind of nails the kind of pacing of it. Yeah. And although kind of it's, it's you kind of know what's going to happen, but yeah, I think it. Um, yeah, I found it quite moving actually. Um. Cool. So yeah, anything else that you that you want to say, share, think about? You know, any sort of blatant self promotion or anything else like that you want to talk about before we finish up? Um, I did have one little thought, which is, um, I thought about this the other day and I hadn't thought about it for ages. And I thought about the, the place that Tilly and I first met (laughs) when I first auditioned for Tilly, it was in like the stairway in, um, or one of the many stairways in the South Bank Centre when we were both kind of, you know, starting out and had no space, you know, couldn't hire a room or anything like that. And this was it must have been about five or six years ago now. And I just really like the fact that we we have kept this um, uh, uh, collaboration, this artistic collaboration going. And we met in a stairwell. And I just really like that. Mm. That's nice. <laughs> just shows she's, what you can do. She's so good. Like, literally, if any anything and everything that I'm writing, I'm like, ah, Fran, Fran. <laughs> nice so she basically gets first point first refusal on most things um at this point which she does occasionally refuse but that's fine because then we we have other other lovely actors as well (laughs) (laughs) that's great that's really nice that that, and actually uh, it makes me think about you know when you're working with people when you're working with actors when you because I guess as a writer and as an actor, but, uh, whether that's an actor who's doing audiobook narration or an actor who's acting in theatre or film or whatever, you are sharing a bit. You're sharing quite a bit of yourself and you're kind of mm. taking risks and you're putting yourself in vulnerable places, such as stairwells, for example. Um, but, you, <laughs> but, you, but you're also, um, but also the writer is doing that with what they've written. They're putting that out there. And um, I guess it must be it's a strong collaboration when people come together. And I know this from other narrators, you work with one author and they've written a book 
and then they write another book they want the same narrator a lot of the time unless there's a different voice um they want the same narrator and i think a part of it is because you you've made that collaboration you beginning to understand each other more um which is nice yeah and i guess also like we talk a lot about author voice or like the voice of the writer but like that becomes intrinsically connected to who actually speaks it which is the performer and the narrator or the actor right so like I used to listen to a lot of audiobooks when I was a kid and like when I hear you know Dick King Smith's Sophie Hit Six in my head it's the voice of the person who narrated the book yeah you know rather than um yeah it's all like intrinsically involved so yeah, yeah. it is so in a way, what it's almost, although you're both very separately doing your thing, um, there's a collaboration, there's a co-production in a way in our imaginations that happens through the meeting of each other, meeting the words, meeting the actor and the kind of, and then what you write next, what we come up with next is going to be influenced like that. Of course it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think that what you, what you just mentioned that that collaboration between the words on the page and the person who speaks them is 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 everything i mean that is that is the gig i mean this piece that i've just read for example you could so easily take that off in a completely different direction but you really have to you really have to know what the author intended and you have to do that kind of work to make sure that what you bring to it is not going to jar it's not um alien to the production and i and i think when when you find that you're on the same wavelength of people and you can do those kind of artistic collaborations in that way, I, I think it's just it's brilliant um, because you then can push each other. And it's yeah, it's lovely. Cool. Thanks very much, you two. Ah, thanks yeah. so much. Thank you. Thank you. And Franny, you oh, and then just before we go, can yeah. we just note that like we have matching dungarees? Yes, I did note that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Did you speak before about the, the dungaree? I was like, we need to, we need to wear. It's actually a slightly different multicoloredness, I think. but yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, the same they, brand. They yeah. are basically I like, the same. I like the horizontal stripes and the vertical stripes combination that you've got, Tilly, as well. Yeah, yeah. I think it's yeah. basically the uniform of of theatre people, right? Yeah. Stripiness. Yeah. It's just like stripes. Yeah. Stripes. Yeah. I think so. Stripes and dungarees. Yeah. Dungarees. Yeah, because they're just so great. Thank yeah. you. It's been lovely. Yeah, it's really nice to meet you, Ian. And yeah, you. Soon. Lovely to meet you. Thanks, friend. Yeah. See you soon. Bye, See everyone. Bye. 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 Well, they were a really lovely pair. I hope you enjoyed listening to them and listening to that story. Um, so just again, that's Tilly Lunken. Um, if you want to get a hold of Tilly, she's on Twitter and Instagram at Theatre of Words. And um, it's Fran Burgoyne. And if you want to get a hold of her, she is, um, bear with me one second, at Fran Burgoyne. Um, they've both got websites and stuff, which I'll put in the show notes. Um, and you can get in touch with them if you want to. Thank you for listening to Another Story Told, the podcast. We really hope you enjoyed the show. And if you do, then please subscribe because you'll get a new story every week. If, like us, you want to celebrate new authors and narrators, then please share this as far and wide as you possibly can. Maybe you have a story of your own that you'd like to submit. To do that, just look at the show notes and all the information you need is there. Thank you.